Blog Talk Radio. In much less detail, the podcast, where we cut through the noise and give you your NFL breakdown in much less detail. Here are your hosts, Jay and Trey. coming up we got our Super Bowl picks coming up and then at the end of the show in the last five seconds or so we'll sneak in the pick for tomorrow night's lid lifter the curtain jerker the first game of the NFL season and we have our picks ready to go for that matchup between Atlanta and Philadelphia but first before we get to that it's all about the American football conference Jay you ready to rock and roll Yeah, I hope you're mute. Sorry, I had myself <laughs> muted. Had myself muted. You know, I tell you, I said, it feels like we just did this. So we'll, we'll do it again. We did. Um, yeah, I, I didn't even have to, uh, have a chance to listen to last night's show. With so much going on today. But uh, two, two and a half hours, basically, uh, of, of good old football talk with our NFC picks, which kind of surprised each of us, we, we had different viewpoints, uh, sometimes very wildly different viewpoints on how some of the division uh, breakdowns are going to go. But, of course, the funniest part is at the end of the day, we still had all yeah. four uh, division champions the same and one of the and wild one, cards. And one of the wild cards, yeah. So we, we out of all of that drama, the only difference is I have the Redskins and you have the Giants in the playoffs. That's it. That's the drama. That's the job. So, uh, did did I get your NFC pick officially last night? Because I have a team circle, but I'm not. I don't remember you saying it necessarily. To come out of the NFC, right? Uh yes. I said that Atlanta would be the first team to ever host the Super Bowl. Right. That's right. Okay. I do have Atlanta circled for you. Yep. Just wanted to make sure on that. Uh, so yeah, that that would be history. They've got the Super Bowl down there in the uh, it's the Mercedes Benz Dome, I believe. Yeah. And we almost almost had it last year. We 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 could have had it. The Vikings uh, they came one day one game away. They were right there. A lot of people thought they were going to do it. They were favored over the Eagles in Philadelphia. If people can remember that history, uh, yeah, they were right there. They they had their opportunity thanks to Stephon Diggs, but uh, it was not meant to be. So. Actually, I'm predicting Atlanta will have their opportunity uh, and get one game away this time because I think it's going to be Atlanta versus New Orleans for the NFC Championship. But I think the game's going to be in the Superdome. I think New Orleans will have the home field advantage. But I am also pretty confident that if Atlanta is hosting that game, they're going to win and, and go on to the Super Bowl. Whoever whoever is hosting 
that NFC title game, if it's those two teams, you got to think that those that team is going to just no doubt win that game. It's, it's so hard to uh, go into either one of those home stadiums as a visitor uh, and, and win, especially as, as a, in, in a playoff atmosphere like that would be. Yeah, that would be that would be a fun game because that would be a that would be a rivalry game and then some. A lot of people who, you know, in in, in the football circles or the casual football fans who don't pay attention to, to the goings on in the NFC South would be would be in for a treat. So here in the AFC, Brady and Belichick once again on top of the world, reigning AFC champions, but. Will they repeat again? Will they go back to another Super Bowl? Or will there be some new blood rising in the AFC this year? We got our full AFC previews coming up, where actually, I guess if we go by last night, we'll have an abbreviated preview where we'll give our order of teams in each division and some brief discussion and then keep it moving to make sure that we get our official picks for each division in before the end of the show. Yeah, I think the thing that we learned last night was that at 9.45, we had done one division. Right. And we only had 15 minutes left in the live show. So we then cut to, let's just do the rest of them and get a little brief discussion in um, in those sort of blurbs and then go back and break down the divisions in detail. So I, maybe, I, I think that might just be the, the new game plan for us here. I think we've sort of unlocked us unlocked the secret. Plus anybody who's listening live can then just get our automatic picks right out of the gate for the divisions and then stop listening. <laughs> By Jove, I think we've got it. Uh, for those of you listening live, thank you very much. Uh, the only place you can listen live, of course, is the website blogtalkradio.com slash in much less detail. And if you want to hear our further breakdown and even less details of the AFC, uh, you can do that by listening to our podcast version of the show, which is a lot longer than the one hour that we're doing this live. Uh, You can find the podcast afterward through recording this in several different ways. You can go to Apple Podcasts or iTunes. Just search for in much less detail to podcast. You can go to one of many different podcasting apps and websites that are out there. You can come back to the home page here and search our archives. Uh, there's many different ways to listen. Uh, there's many different ways to communicate with us. I am on Twitter at IMLDDre. Jason is on Twitter at IMLDJTG. And you can always shoot us an email. You would send that to InMuchLessDetail at gmail.com. Uh, I hesitate to give out the phone number for live call-ins. I, I don't know if we're going to have time for any Live callings, but if we're doing this sort of rapid fire, just giving our our picks and then breaking it down later, I suppose we could take calls. So if you're interested in giving your opinions on what's coming up in the NFL this year, our guest number is, as always, area code 646-595-4534. And some of our callers throughout the years, that's the only reason I hesitate, because sometimes people call in and they're not necessarily interested in breaking down football, if you know what I mean. Well, you know, they, they like to talk about the draft, though. Some of them like to talk about draft parties. Uh, yeah. Some of them like to talk about, uh, what was his name, Michael Sam. Yeah, there's, there's a lot of different topics that come up during our show. <laughs> so, yeah, no, we, we, we've, had, we've had, just like any show and any podcast I listen to, you run that 
that that widespread of quality when it comes to the, the callers. We have great callers, and mm-hmm. we've had some not so great callers. So at, we're, we're, at that point, we're just like everybody else. Hey, bring it on. Whatever you got, bring it on. And I probably shouldn't be saying that either. Uh, all right, you ready to look at this AFC? Yeah, we'll, we'll get through the, the four divisions, and then we'll break them down. All right. We will start out in the AFC East, where Tom Brady, Bill Belichick, and the New England Patriots, they're the model franchise. Everybody loves them, and they just keep winning no matter how bad they may look in the preseason, in the regular season, at the end of the year. There they are still at the top of the AFC. How do you see the AFC East breaking down this year? Well, basically, considering the fact that outside of the New England Patriots, the rest of that division is a complete dumpster fire, I I therefore have to take the Patriots to once again repeat as division champions. And and every year, I I look hard. I look really hard for that, that glimmer a glimmer of hope from one of those teams. Who's going to jump up? Who's going to be the team? We, we, we've pinned this on the Dolphins many times before and been let down. Um, they, it's not going to be them. The Bills are, I guarantee you, due to regress after that worst ever playoff appearance team that we've ever seen. A team that um, was trying to lose. A team that was trying to tank makes it to the playoffs has a minus 57 point differential and makes the playoffs and yeah, in a league of quarterback play has the 31st weren't the 31st ranked passing offense in the league. Just brutal. Nothing, nothing they did really jumped off the page at all. When I look at that team again, so it won't be the bills. So my, my order for, the AFC East is Patriots, Dolphins, Bills, Jets. Okay, yeah, uh, I'm I'm with you. Where uh, I, of course, have declared the uh, Patriots dynasty dead. I, I declare Bill Belichick's geniusness as, as over the moment that he gets into a complete gunfight in the Super Bowl and decides to not use one of his best defenders for reasons only he and, and Malcolm Butler, only he and Michael Butler know uh, he outcoached himself 100%. So they're not going to go back to the Super Bowl. They're not winning the Super Bowl. I promise you that. However, I also can't find anybody that's going to knock them off in the division. And, and this is what they do. They just, they keep winning that crap division. They keep hosting uh, playoff games on Saturday night on CBS and, embarrassing whoever comes into Foxborough and tries to knock them off. And then voila, they're in the AFC title game again. And last year, they certainly appeared to be the worser of the two teams in the AFC title game and yet still managed to win the AFC title. Uh, They can't keep doing that. They just can't. Uh, And I hate to, you know, completely crap on them, take away from, what they've accomplished, but I, you you know how I felt about them last year. That defense was yeah. so bad, so bad. I, I just did not believe a team with a defense that atrocious deserved to even win a, a Super Bowl, and thankfully they didn't. Uh, but to win this division, yeah, they can do that. It's not that hard. Like you said, Buffalo, Miami, and the Jets, 
nothing really there to indicate that anyone's going to challenge them uh, for the division title. Uh, we will get into it a little more in our uh, after show, but our, our our look at the three teams behind them are, are very different. Uh, I have the Jets, your last place Jets. I actually had them finishing second in the division. I guess I'm uh, drinking a little bit of the Sam Darnold Kool-Aid, but it's not even about him because it's not like he has a, a lot of great weaponry around him. It's more about I'm giving one more chance to Todd Bowles to prove that he's as good a coach as I thought he was going to be. When they hired him, he was like the real hot shit defensive coordinator. It's supposed to be the next big thing in the NFL, and it has not worked out at all for him. So there's one more chance. He's got, uh, you know, this is uh, fourth year, I believe. Uh, he's got one more chance to get some, some trash out of his locker room and get some guys in there that he prefers and make his mark on this roster and, now with a real quarterback, hopefully, and Sam Darnold uh, to sort of tame that offense and make it something usable. You, you really can't say that that offense has been anything the last few years. It has not even been approaching really uh, professional level. Jake McCrown's had his moments here and there. Uh, he's had some 300-yard games, which completely shocked me, but uh, that's still not a – an offense that I would say has given the Jets a fair chance to win anything, but maybe with Sam Darnold, maybe uh, they can actually uh, compete and contend. Um, I have Miami third and I have Buffalo fourth. I, 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 I hope Buffalo succeeds in tanking this year that, you know, I know they tried last year and failed, but I, hopefully they will succeed this year. I don't see anything great about Miami to pick them over Buffalo. I just think Buffalo is not, all that good. Uh, and yeah, I have very bad memories of trying to elevate the Dolphins as the team uh, and, and anoint them over the Patriots. I was looking back at our, our some of our old picks and I, I, I got the paperwork to go back to 2015, but not before that. But 2015, if you remember, both of us, for some unknown reason, both picked the Miami Dolphins to win the AFC East that year. Ugh. And we ain't doing that shit again. No, we're not making that not, mistake. Well, again. Not, not for a while, anyways. <laughs> we, not since then. We picked New England every year since then, and of course, we've been right. Yeah, yeah. And and point of order here, you know, before we wrap up this division and move on to the next one, those three teams that I have behind New England, I don't see any one of those three teams at or over five hundred. Bad they are. Yeah, I don't blame you. The Jets may find a way to go eight and eight because of a weak schedule, but that's a maybe. That's de- that's not a definite in my eyes. I, I can see all three of them finishing under five hundred too. Yeah. So no, bad. Just just fifth. The order was probably the hardest thing for me because I knew one, the Patriots weren't in the division, and two, none of those three teams behind them were making the playoffs. So it just became you know, digging through the rosters and like, okay, you know, there's a good move. There's something I like. And, oh, oh geez, you know what? Oh, my God, who's this guy going to throw the ball to type stuff? So uh, let's not forget that the Bills, and this is where you're going to have, you know, I'm, I may I may regret picking the Bills to finish third. They're, they're starting Nathan Peterman on Sunday. I saw that, and my mouth dropped. Like, really? They're starting to yeah. tanking that this early? Yeah. Wow. They they're not fucking around this year. <laughs> no. <laughs> they are they are all in. 
on the tank. <laughs> the tank is strong with the Buffalo Bills this year. Now, if that squad still makes the playoffs, oh gosh, then maybe he's the, the maybe he's the greatest coach of all time. Is that, is that McDermott? Yeah, between him and if he doesn't work out, then the next guy up is going to be the yeah. project. Is that is yeah. I call Josh Allen? <laughs> Josh Allen, yeah. Because of course, uh, uh, on draft night, that was pretty much what uh, the word was going around. That the very high pick, and he's basically a project. He is not re- when that, they tell that's you. That's not the that, word I remember going around about him on draft night. Oh, that well, there was a different word as well. The, the, oh yeah, the, the yeah the, the racist word. When you when people are not afraid to sit up there on TV, especially Mike Mayock, and already label you a project, as soon as the pick is made, the, the word project is out of his mouth like immediately. That's not that, that's not so good. Yeah, that, well, Mike sure. Mayock just doesn't care. <laughs> but, that's why I like Mike the, Mayock because he has no he has no filter. He'll he'll just he'll just call it right out. He's not Charlie Casserly. Uh, 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 he spent the whole preseason uh, uh, basically filleting every rookie quarterback because every time I'd open up my Twitter, there was NFL Network posting something by Charlie Casserly about breaking down how amazing every single one <laughs> of these rookie quarterbacks is going to be and how their futures are all so bright. And I'm like, it, it's no, it's not going to happen. One, maybe two of these guys will pan out, and we don't know which. Jason, John Gruden is in the NFL again. He's coaching. There's, there's a, <laughs> we'll get there's to a that. market out there. There's yeah, a market guy, out there. You, this guy. For, <laughs> for, yeah, for, that, for, guts. for somebody to fillet the quarterbacks and make them feel like they're all just so special. And Charlie Castle was oh. auditioning for the spot. Got it. On to the AFC North and – there's a couple of divisions that are going to play out. Uh, it, it almost feels like more interestingly as you go along. The East and then the North is more interesting than the East. And then the South might be more interesting than the North. And then the West might be a complete crapshoot craziness yeah. out there. Uh, but anyway, we'll go to the North. And how do you see the North breaking down? All right. This one, again, I only have a division winner. I don't have a wild card team. Uh, it, it's the Steelers. Just you know, the the Steelers, despite their thirteen and three record, found ways to display some stupidest team in football tendencies. I mean, and and we have made point of this with them a lot that they play down to the level of their competition. I mean, they get up for the great games, and they get up for the great teams. They they have a way. Of, of not showing up against bad competition and almost they almost lost to the Browns. They almost lost to the, the Brett Hundley led Packers. They managed to lose twice to the Jacksonville Jaguars and the Chicago bears. They lost to, um, I worry. Ooh, I for forgot their... about that game. Oh yeah. <laughs> I, I had that one, by the way, you that did. One of my that was one of my you know put a star next to that one last year uh, picks <laughs> with the with the Bears over the Steelers, but the uh, the Steelers have that tendency. But again, the, their division I don't think there's anybody that's going to take that step to contend with them and and go to that next level. I'm still every year it's four years in a row. I think it's going to be three or four years in a row. I am going to continue. I'm just going to do this every year now. 
and pick the Ravens to finish last. I'm just going to do it until they finally <laughs> just finish last. At some point, they're done. The coaching and the, is great, but the age of that team, the lack of talent on that team, I think this is the year it catches up to them. So my order for the AFC North is Steelers, Bengals, Browns, Ravens. Now I'm done. You're just going to keep picking Baltimore until they're finished. I'm eventually going to be right. <laughs> well, this is like when you I, the, you know, this is like with you was it was you with the Panthers picking them to lose that year? Oh. Or who's that was that team that you, yeah, there was somebody that was just doing like running everything. You were just like eventually you were going to just pick them to lose. And you just kept doing it till it happened. So this is I what I'm like doing I did, now. I feel like I was doing that with Andy Reid's Chiefs at one point too. Um but the Chiefs just always find a way to bite you in the ass. Yeah, yeah, they do. Uh, I certainly hope this is not the year that the Ravens bottom out and finish last. Because I have the Ravens winning the division. So we can't Jesus, get any don't more Don't do that different. while I'm drinking. <laughs> I almost spit all over my computer here. Oh, you know that's a hot pick when I get a spit take out of Jason. Yeah, I got them. Actually, it's not – it's a feeling, of course, but there's a little bit of uh, some some reality behind. There's a little tangible uh, evidence that they, they might be better. I, I'll say it's a curious move by John Harbaugh to, to have uh, RG3 as the number two quarterback because you and Renard were talking on the, the previous show about Lamar Jackson maybe being in position to be the, the most impactful rookie quarterback out of all those quarterbacks that got taken in the first round. Well, yeah. it's hard to make an impact if you're to, if you're inactive on game day. So <laughs> I, I don't. But but they may make him active and make him sort of a slash, which is what I was discussing with Renard, and make him like a Cordell Stewart, like a slash player. Uh, just not maybe not a lot of snaps at quarterback, but obviously he's not ready for the big time because John Arbaugh has already uh, elevated Robert Griffin the third over him to be the backup quarterback. So Lamar maybe not making too much of an impact yet, but that almost to me speaks to, I think John Harbaugh sees a veteran group and, and a group that's ready to actually contend. He doesn't want to fuck around with, let's get this kid in there and try to make some cute plays and gadget plays and, and try to get him on the field. I think he, he really does want the veterans and the, and the, the strong veteran presence in the locker room. I think he wants to make them aware, Hey, we're, we're not playing games here. We're trying to win. We're trying to compete. And we think we have a chance to compete. I don't know about you, but I, I really like the two professional uh, wide receivers that they added for, for Joe Flacco. If Flacco has anything left, he may have nothing left. And this may be just a complete bullshit pick by me. But if Flacco has anything left, they actually finally gave him some weapons uh, to go to. Uh, they had Michael Crabtree, who's developed into – a very professional wide receiver. They had John Brown, who had that explosiveness uh, in Arizona. He just wasn't consistent with it, but uh, he's, he gets another chance here. They even the, the even the third receiver they added uh, Willie Sneed from New Orleans. I, I liked him at times. He showed some flashes to me uh, sometimes. So they they added a lot of pieces to all of a sudden make that offense from it, it looked like complete garbage to hey maybe there's something going on here. Maybe another year of Alex Collins at running back. He showed flashes to me. Uh, they're they're solid. The solid defense is, is, the defense is always solid. Uh, they're going to miss Jimmy Smith, the the great cornerback. He's suspended to start the year, but I think they can overcome that. 
I think they they have some sort of fire under them with, with as bad as they looked last year, as bad as Flacco looked. John Harbaugh is probably feeling the pressure. He's probably got a little bit of a hot seat. Uh, I'm sure that probably plays into a little bit of you picking them to be last and you think that this might be about it for, for John Harbaugh and the, and the whole crew up there. But I think it goes the other way. I think it, it makes them turn it up a notch and they find a way to not just uh, be better, but be better than everyone else in that division. I don't think it's all that hard to be better than the Steelers as I risk uh, alienating Bryce from Brooklyn because the Steelers obviously were not the same team after that horrific, horrific Ryan Shazier injury. It just was not the same team. And now with this year, starting with the whole Le'Veon Bell drama, as you see, uh, his teammates are starting to blast him on social media and in interviews uh, today that the fact that he hasn't shown up to camp yet uh, at this point, it's not even camp. It's the season is starting on Sunday and he's still not there. Uh, and he's expecting to walk in off the street and, and get his starting job right back. I think we discussed a little bit of that last night. That's a good recipe to get your ass hurt uh, coming in off the street and without any tr- uh, training camp at all. And, and just expect to walk in and be an NFL running back again. Uh, it, it doesn't feel that good for, for the Steelers uh, this year. Now, there's enough offensive talent. I do have them second in the division, and I do have them claiming a wild card spot. I'm not that crazy. Uh, But I think there's enough instability there. I think the Ravens can leapfrog them by a game and and finish, you know, 11-5 and to their 10-6 and or something like that and and, and surprise everybody and take the division from them. Wow. Okay. Well, we'll we'll break that down in, in even more detail. When we get to the uh, when we get to that division, when we come back around, that'll be that'll, that'll be a good one. Especially, I actually uh, think we're going to have some good discussions about the back end of that division too. Well, to no one's surprise, I have Cincy third and Cleveland fourth, by just uh, for the ah, record. But uh, okay, well, you know, and even if Cleveland wins five more games than they won last year, <laughs> they're, they're still five and eleven, and five yeah, games is true. a huge jump, right? It would be. That, that, that it would is, be humongous if that if that outfit found five wins somehow that would be incredible i i i believe i believe cleveland can will will win six or seven games this year whoa oh boy okay yeah we'll definitely uh, talk more about that on to the afc south which used to be andrew luck in the colts division before he developed that spaghetti arm situation well he's back sort of kind of uh how do you how do you see the Colts uh, bouncing back, and how do you see that division playing out? Probably the division that I, I kept going back and forth, you know, because working through, like, looking through the rankings, going through the rosters, I kept bouncing. This is probably the one I spent the most time on because I wanted to – I really wanted to get a good feel for this division because I do believe this will be the most competitive division in the AFC by far. Uh My final order goes like this. Titans, Jaguars, Texans, Colts. But Mm. I have three of those teams in the playoffs. Wow. So the Titans as the division winner, and then the Jaguars and the Texans, both of the wild cards with the Colts pulling up the rear. There you go. That's you always know it's a fun division if you can, if you can pull three playoff teams out of it. Yeah, and it does happen. Mm-hmm. It 
does have it's 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 rare, but it it it, it is possible. And I believe that those three teams will all win ten plus games. I mean, hell, all three of them might finish ten and six, and just tiebreakers <laughs> right. take over, right? Um, but no, I, I I like all three of those teams to to make the playoffs this year, and that's with the uh, Texans having the big bounce back after the Deshaun Watson injury last year, and the JJ Watt injury, and the Whitney Merciless injury. So mm-hmm. I think Houston is I think Houston is ripe for a, a bounce back season here too. So that that's th- and, and Andrew Luck coming back to the Colts. But when I look at that roster, there's just I just there's not a lot there. They, they, they he's been gone for so long. They weren't really you know like fostering the talent. So you know, T Y Hilton's still there. There's one guy. T Y Hilton's still there. That's about it. Um... So, uh, I, so I'm, I'm going, yeah, I'm going very top heavy in that division with the Colts, uh, Colts pulling up the rear. It's going to be hard. And we don't know the health of Andrew Luck, um, how long he's going to play for either. Yeah. That's the thing. There's not going to be any more scrutinized arm in all of football all year, yeah. uh, more, more so than Andrew Luck's arm. And nobody knows at this point, if it's going to get back to, what it was before he got hurt. What he what it was, as people might remember, but it's been so long, was one of the best quarterbacks in the league, uh, and, and a franchise quarterback, and everyone thinking, Oh, look, the Colts replaced Peyton Manning with Andrew Luck and it looks like they may not miss a beat. And we don't feel that way about Andrew Luck anymore because he's been gone so long. There's no telling if he ever gets back to what he was, when he gets back to what he was. Because if he gets back to it by week ten, because it took that it, it might take that long to work his arm back to to where it used to be, that doesn't really help them. If he, if they're two and eight by that point, then the season's already over. Um, so it's funny that the franchise quarterback finally comes back and makes his way back, and we both got him finishing dead last in the division that he used to own three, four years ago. Yeah. But uh, times change. Um, so that's the one part that we agree on uh, on that division. Another huge discussion coming in the after show about the rest of this division because we are very different on this as well. Your Titans that you have winning the division, but as you said, they may have the same record as Houston and Jacksonville. There may be a big, uh, big mess right there of teams fighting it out. I actually have them third in the division. I think they take a, a step back this year. And I have uh, Jacksonville elevating and claiming the, the top of that division because that defense, as much as I don't like it because of how much they talk, they're as good as 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 how much they talk in there, and maybe even better. And they're going to ride that defense uh, all the way to the, to the top of the division. I don't I don't know how people are going to score on them because they have no weaknesses. They are just fierce and ferocious, and they're probably they might they might be uh, at the top of the list of teams that uh, along with Minnesota and Oakland that might lose multiple games this year because they just keep racking up. 15-yard penalties with big hits. In Cincinnati, I I can't forget to throw in the Bengals when you talk about undisciplined teams taking cheap shots. The the Bengals are sort of the king of that. But, uh, yeah, Jacksonville will will light you up and smile while doing it and then grab a a Twitter machine, uh, grab a phone, and start tweeting about it as they're lighting you up. They might be the first team to bring a phone on the field after they make a big hit and and tweet about it uh, immediately. Uh, Jalen Ramsey is just 
he has not stopped. He someone put a microphone in front of him in the off season, and he started talking, and he never stopped. Like the the per, the first magazine with a microphone left the room, he was still talking. The second magazine came in, he's still going. They pick up whatever he's saying, they leave. A third magazine interview comes in, he's still going. So, uh, but that but they're that good. They can talk like that because they are actually that damn good. So I have the Jags winning that division. I have the Houston Texans uh, as the second place team in that division, and I do have them claiming uh, the other wild card spot. I I awarded one wild card to the Steelers before, and I am giving the second one to the Houston Texans. But uh, as I, the theme of last night's show, all of my picks, I don't feel all that great about them. I don't feel great about the, the Houston Texans as a playoff spot because there's a lot of, Guys coming back from injury variables, you already mentioned their names, but all of them, it really, uh, Andrew Luck being the, the spotlight guy coming back from injury because of how long he's been coming back. But the same thing applies to J.J. Watt and Whitney Merciless and Deshaun Watson is we don't know until they perform if they're actually as great as they were before. Watson being so young, you would think he's going to be uh, as good as he was last year in that four or five game stretch that he had. But J.J. Watt's not 23. Um, he, he's had many injuries before, and this one was obviously uh, the worst of them. But he's no spring chicken. There's no guarantee he's ever going to be uh, the John Cena of the of the NFL that he was a few years ago. So it's, it's a wait and see. Um, I'm picking him to win a wild card anyway based on how good the, the organization and the team is structured. Uh, the offense could be explosive uh, if Watson and, and Newcock Hopkins and Will Fuller do uh, what they can do at the same time and actually stay on the field together for a full year. Um, so there's a, there's still a lot of ifs. There's still a lot of variance there, but I do like Houston to, to be second and, and win the wild card. And the Titans being third, I'll get into uh, more discussion about them in the after show. But as I just said, I, I, got them taking a little bit of a step back. I don't think Marcus Mariota is the franchise quarterback that they were hoping that he would be. Okay. So, yeah, that only, and that's, again, probably that, that one's going to probably get a little, a, a lot talked about with us because we've got play, multiple playoff teams. Uh, both of us have a wild card coming from there. I have both wild cards coming from there and uh, probably easily the most competitive in, in the league, in, in the, for for good reasons, unlike the West, yeah, which could be West. one of the more competitive divisions in football, be, for bad reasons. Exactly, they could also all have the, about the same record, but is not going to be as high a, of a record as yeah. as in the AFC South. I completely agree with that sentiment. Uh, yeah, so so I was, you know, see, I, the segue there. I did the segue. Um, yeah, very good. Uh, my my breakdown here and. and and, and and come to find out, I thought I was making an edgy pick. Turns out it's not so edgy. AFC no. West, my rankings, uh, my division winner on down, Chargers, Broncos, Chiefs, Raiders. Raiders. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, that is the, the popular pick, the Chargers. I did not know that until I actually made mm-hmm. the pick, and then I was starting to go back through and look at some things. And I was, I saw one of the, I saw one of the power ranking things. I'm like, oh, these are so dumb. But I, I was like, okay, I'll, I, you got me. I'll click on it and see what the, 
the preseason power rankings are. And when it gets to the Chargers, it's like many people's pick to win the division. I was like, fuck. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people going in on Phillip Rivers. You know, it feels like a like a last hurrah. You know, like like one more time. You know, once more to the breach. Here we go. Um, <laughs> sort of like that final charge for Philip Rivers, and, and it's the perfect year for it because I think the rest of the division isn't particularly strong, and they have you know they have a good defense. Um, final charge. I see what you did there. Uh huh. Uh huh. Mm-hmm. So we, so it's either going to be one final charge or a last stand. We'll we'll find out um uh, what it's going to be for them but uh they they uh everyone talks about the Broncos and that defense the, the Chargers gave up over 100 less points than the Broncos did last year. That's pretty significant. Yeah. Um which is one thing, but you know how much of that also had to do with the fact that the Broncos' offense could not stay on the field, and then just ended up wearing out that defense as the season went on. But that that Broncos' defense is still seriously uh, legitimate, so that's why I have them uh, falling into the number two spot behind the Chargers. We'll see how the Case Keenum thing goes. He'll he'll bring a little stability to that quarterback position, but he's not going to really bring much else. He had his nice little, he had his Nick Foles run, you know, and, 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 and sort of became a folk hero up in Minnesota and he got them all the way to the title game and the Vi- the Vikings knew what was going on. They let him go quick. In fact, they, they yeah. got rid of every quarterback off their roster quick. You came a game away from the Super Bowl and your, your top three quarterbacks on your depth chart are all gone. That's what the Vikings thought of those three guys. So Case Keenum now gets to handle the offense in Denver, which is a respectable offense. They still have uh, good wide receivers. They bought in this Royce Freeman. So we'll see. And then the the bottom two teams, you know, the Chiefs, I I think you're going to get that prototypical rookie season from Patrick Mahomes where he will look amazing and then he'll have some games that leave you just scratching your head because he's just the big, he's the big arm guy. He's going to have one of those Brett Favre early career seasons where he thinks he can throw the ball into the tightest of windows, and sometimes he'll get rewarded, and sometimes he won't. That's enough for a third-place finish, and then the Raiders are (laughs) – I was going to save this for the breakdown, but the Raiders are starting seven new players of their 11 players on defense. Seven players starting for them this year on defense were not on their roster at the end of last season. That that can't go well. It was already a bad defense. It was already bad. I was about to say, if any defense in football deserves to turn over that many guys, it's probably the Raiders because they were trash. As we've found, as we found when the Eagles tried it and when the Bills tried it, when you take – a bunch of players and you put them in sometimes being a bunch of good names, this, this would work on Madden, but this won't work in the pros. Well, you mean it's something to the cohesiveness of the unit and guys being in the right spot. It's going to be a really rough season uh, for that Oakland Raiders defense. And Derek Carr is going to have to throw that. It's going to be, they will be a fun team. They've always been fun, but they, they, 
very this easy for them. Be fun bad. They may even slip from that six and ten from last year. Yeah, doesn't it feel like the coach that's there is treating it like a Madden team, like a Madden game? Everything that he's done so far. Yeah. Well, except for making trades. Well, it, certain things Madden won't let you do because they're so fucking stupid. But other <laughs> than that. Oh God! Wait please. a minute. I seem I seem to remember acquiring Antoine and Antoine Randall L for a six round draft pick, though. <laughs> and then I told you about that move, and then you went and did it too. And it worked, and he was great. It, it, yeah. So thank you. Um, yeah, the, all Denver, uh, all Case Keenum needs on his back. It, it's okay that he's not. Uh, a great quarterback and then Minnesota got rid of him because all, all his name played needs to be to play for the Broncos is either not Osweiler that, that should go on the back or not Paxton Lynch. That, that's, that's all they care about that. He's not one of either one of those two. Uh, this is funny. This division, uh, we got two of them exactly the same. And then we flip flop positions on the, on the remaining two. We both have Denver finishing second in the AFC West, and we both have the god-awful Raiders being last. Ah. However, I have Kansas City number one and winning the division, and I have but the you know, Chargers, everyone's lovely yeah. preseason yeah. pick, finishing third. But you know the Chiefs? You and the Chiefs. Yeah, the Chiefs fucked me, I know. I'm, yeah. I'm greasing they, up now. Yeah, they're going to get you again. Yeah, You're drinking the Kool-Aid, though. I am. Um, I'm drinking the Pat Mahomes Kool-Aid. Uh, you know, it's Andy Reid. He gets to develop a new quarterback from scratch, kind of like Donovan McNabb in Philadelphia. I think that turned out pretty damn well. I think they both had very good careers there. So I'm seeing a little bit of that. I guess I'm, you know, you're seeing the early Brett Favre and all the interceptions, and I'm seeing uh, something more calm because of the fact that it's Andy Reid and that weird geometry of his offense. Uh, I don't think. I don't think he's going to put the kid Mahomes in that many situations for him to throw really bad interceptions and really bad, make really bad decisions. I, I think he's going to keep things, you know, simple and, and closer to the line of scrimmage early on. And then as he gets confidence, maybe he'll let him uh, air it out a little more. So that's how I see things breaking down there. Um, and we'll, we'll talk about more in the after show, but still got the, the two best athletes, in the, in the division, to me, the two best playmakers in the division are both on the same team. It's hard to ignore that team and say that they're going to be, you know, not so good when the two best playmakers in the division are both on the same team in Kareem Hunt and, and Tyreek Hill. And it's, it's just, I, I got a feeling that the Chiefs aren't going to mess that up. They're going to make sure to take advantage of those weapons and, and use them to help out the, the kid quarterback as much as possible. And I think they're going to put it together and get it done. Wow, so you've, you're punching the Chiefs ticket to the playoffs. So we're getting, we're gonna get the Andy Reid and it, oh, what's a, a great regular season team? They, that they are. Yeah, it is, this might be the uh, the Saturday four thirty Eastern playoff. Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah, I might have Texans Chiefs or, or something like that, or Titans Chiefs. Oh my God. Whoa. Did I lose you there? 
I heard all I all I hear now is dead silence. So I think we've lost Andre here. But no, he's he's definitely in love with the Kansas City Chiefs, and there is no doubt uh, that that you know, especially in that Week 17 game that Patrick Mahomes played last year, he did look great. Uh, and they do have the playmakers, so they they do have the running game. They brought in Sammy Watkins. Tyreek Hill, uh, I, I worry a little bit about the, the, the fragility of Tyreek Hill, but that, that's okay. Travis Kelsey, uh, other than being a, a total head case, um, is or may be outside of Gronkowski, uh, either one or two as far as the best tight end in all of football. They do get Eric Berry back, so I, I can see why Andre is drinking the Chiefs Kool-Aid. And hopefully we're going to get him back here soon. But yeah, no, him, I, him and I both completely concur uh, about the joke of the franchise now that, that John Gruden is turning in uh, the Oakland Raiders. It, that is really sad. And then to trade away their best player. And they're going to get two first-round draft picks for it. We talked about it, and we had to talk – excuse me, we had to talk about it in last night's show because of its impact with the Bears. Well, there's no denying that the impact on the Oakland Raiders is going to be a last-place finish. And they 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 are they they jettisoned almost their entire defense, and they're they're just replacing it with guys, you know, free agents, old guys. I mean, you got thirty the thirty six year old Derek Johnson is going to be coming in to to man the middle now. Uh, okay, so so not only are you bringing in guys, you're bringing in old guys, and then once those guys get hurt, and then you're going to be going to the backup level, it's going to be. It's going to be bad. We, we we laugh about the Oakland defense the last couple of years, even the year that they looked like they were sort of destined for good things before Derek Carr broke his leg. And and now it's going to be even worse. I mean, this could be the Oakland. The Oakland Raiders may end up DFL in defense. I mean, it, it could happen. They, they don't have to go that far to get there. Uh, considering last year was at 23rd in total yards, 26 against the pass. That's, that's not great, uh, you know. And I don't, I don't. It's hard to look too much at the run stats because when you have these teams that just give it up so much through the air, and this is such a passing league, that the teams are just not going to give up a lot of run yards because nobody's going to bother running the ball against them because it's so easy to throw. So, can you hear me now? Yes, boy, I, I had to filibuster there while you were gone. It's so funny. Uh, so I get disconnected. I get do 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 the old school. Uh, oh sure. Right in, right in the middle of whatever I was saying, and then when I try to log back in, it says it appears there's already one host on this show. Only one host is allowed at a time. Thank you. Goodbye. Oh, okay. Like, but but I'm the host. What do you do? So yeah, I had to I had to go a different route to get back in. But I'm in, I'm back in now. Well, welcome back. I was bra- I was talking a little bit more about the AFC West until uh, you got back so that we could uh, then go through and give our our final thoughts on wrapping up the AFC for the winter, and then we'll go into more detail in the after show. And we got to right. make a pick. And we got to make a pick. Anyway, this is working uh, out pretty well. So definitely not seeing things the same way tonight with the AFC. We have New yeah, England we, we thought so. winning the division, and that's it. Yeah, yeah. We have different so, division champs on all three of the others. We both have Houston making the playoffs as a wild card, but uh, we have different second wild card teams after that. So, 
Yeah, so, uh, go into uh, the AFC, break it down, and who do you got as your AFC champion? Well, uh, you, you talked about you know I, I can't do the I can't do the Patriots again. <laughs> so I have a a repeat of a game that we had last year in the playoffs. It, it, it's going to hurt to say this, but I have an AFC championship game of Jacksonville at Pittsburgh. Ooh. And I have it going the exact same way again. <laughs> I am sending the, the that defense. What do we talk about? Did you talk about it like a drumbeat when it comes to the playoffs? Elite, elite defenses, defense, baby. elite defenses, elite defenses. This is the year that elite defense gets to the playoffs and gets all the way to the Super Bowl. I've got Jaguars, Falcons in the Mercedes Dome. Ooh, that would be some fireworks. Um, I didn't have a vision of the last two conference teams like I do in the NFC. Like I, I envision Falcons having to go to the Superdome to play the Saints. Sure. I don't know who's going to wind up in the title game um, against the Jaguars, but I also have Jacksonville uh, in the AFC championship game, maybe against New England. It, it probably would be something where New England, of course, wins their division by so many games because their division is so weak and tired that they wind up having home field advantage for at least the first uh, playoff game that they, that they host. And then maybe if the Jags defense is that special, they can beat the Patriots as far as record goes and be able to host that conference title game. So new England at Jacksonville, but even if Jacksonville has to go up to new England for the conference title game, I just think Jacksonville's defense is just marauding. I think they're one of the best defenses that I've seen top to bottom in the last 10 or 15 years. And I, and I agree with you. I concur. I also have the Jacksonville Jaguars winning the AFC and going to the Super Bowl. So we are about as close (laughs) to having the same Super Bowl pick as you can get, because you basically said the NFC is a coin flip as to who gets the home game between Atlanta and New Orleans. And I've got Atlanta and Jacksonville going to the Super Bowl. Yeah. If Atlanta's hosting the NFC title game against whoever, I'm pretty much probably going to pick Atlanta to win that. So, yeah. Yeah. So, and therefore, um, as, as, as much as I don't want to step in my own shit and have to then wipe it off my shoe later. Um, uh, I, I think the, I think the drama of having the team hosting its own Super Bowl gives us something historic. I, I think Atlanta exercises the demons. I think the Falcons win the Super Bowl. Hey, you got to go with what you feel. If that's how you feel. Go with it. And you have Saints and the Jaguars. Who you got? Pick from February of this year. Oh, that's right. You got the Saints. (laughs) Overcome the Stephon Diggs play. How did I ask? Why did I even ask? You made this pick (laughs) eight months ago. That's right. The earliest Super Bowl prognostication you can come up with. And, and, And that's my team. That's who I'm riding with. One more for Drew Brees. Send the old man out. He is crying and, and retires on the microphone on the field as they're giving him the, 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 uh, the Roger Goodell trophy. He's going, he's going out like Elway, huh? Yeah. I got him going out. Uh, well, 
Did Elway retire on the field? Uh, I know, I know the Bucks. Pretty, uh, I don't think he retired on the field, but yeah. I think everybody knew that he was right. that he was riding off into the sunset. So, all right, yeah, I got it. I got it more like the Bucks. The Bucks actually said right there on the microphone, yeah. "Thank you, Detroit. <laughs> we love you for the Super Bowl." And yeah. by the way, I quit. But but we all knew he was done, anyways. I mean, he his the the finality of his career to get that Super no. Bowl done. Yeah, yeah, he was. He was. If he came back another year, he truly would have been Brady Quinn done. <laughs> and he probably would have been saying dumplings. Yeah, especially especially after Roethlisberger bailed him out after he fumbled at the goal line. Oh. You know. Yeah, we we, we don't, the, we don't talk that about the, that. Was that against <laughs> the Colts? Yeah, because uh, every yeah. kid that picked it up and should have ran it in, but got tackled. He got shoestring, uh, like toenail tackled. Very similar, a lot of what uh, Aaron Rodgers did in that NFC Championship game after throwing the ugly pick to Erlocker. Mm-hmm. And Erlocker has himself a complete pick six, and Aaron Rodgers falling backwards, like swipes the top of Erlocker's foot just enough to throw him off balance that he then kind of like rumble, bumble, stumbles. Um, otherwise, who knows the way how that Super Bowl matchup ends up going because, well, I mean, the Steelers would have won. But we almost had the Bears hold serve and win that Super Bowl with, with Caleb Haney at quarterback. Oh, good God. So, yeah, it's coach, just amazing that... how those those game-saving shoestring tackles that you get on. Those are the two I always think of, Roethlisberger – uh, and then uh, the the Colts kid is one of your original, uh, uh, Hall of Infamy inductions. I think his name is Nick Harper. So you really uh, remember him. <laughs> I, I believe I may have put him in. I have to go way back into the, the records of the Hall of Infamy. But I mean, the guy was he was going to the house. Yeah, he was that on was his over. way. Yeah. yeah. Just brought down by a fingernail. Yeah. So there we go. The. Jag, we both have the Jags in the Super Bowl, but we both have them uh, succumbing. So we both have the Jags making it and losing. And that's, once again, me not listening to my own advice. I got the elite defense going all the way to the Super Bowl, and then I don't have them winning the Super Bowl. So I I did get it right last year when the Eagles made it there. And and it makes me feel like such a dweeb when I talk about elite defense and the Eagles winning the Super Bowl because they played like nothing like an elite defense. For three quarters no, of that game. They, well, no, they made one play. They made the play. The one and only defensive yeah. play in that game, they made it, and that's why they the won. O- the only defensive yeah. play in that game. I, I believe one. the other defensive play in that game was the – and I know we broke it down. I wish I could remember the exact, like, who made the play. Um, but there was a play – Early in that game, when the Patriots went for it very uncharacteristically, and, and and Brady just like they had the first down, and then one of the Eagles guys just kind of swooped in right at the marker, mm-hmm. and just stoned whoever it was for the the Patriots. Probably somebody flaring out of the backfield, but it would have been like a first and goal, but it ended up being a turnover on downs. Because, again, Bill Belichick not only benched the player that he shouldn't have benched, he, he also <laughs> coached kind of a weird game. There were some there were some spots in that game that were, especially early, that were very unpatriot-like. Um, but that was the other defensive play. It's pretty sad that you can go back to a, a Super Bowl that had like 140 offensive plays run and 
two defensive plays stick out because they were the only two times you saw defense in the whole game. Two of them. Two, two. of them. <laughs> two. One good, one good tackle stoning a guy at just, just short of the, of the first down marker and uh, a strip sack. I tell you, coming off of the uh, twenty-eight to three, and then last year, yeah, those are two of the damnedest games you're ever going to see in a Super Bowl, man. They were weird. They were weird, you know. And it's <laughs> funny because we were break when we were breaking down the Patriots, and then we have a pick to make here. When we were breaking down the Patriots, and you were talking about them, the, the thing that keeps because you know we're, you're, we're kind of shitting on them always. Yeah. Well, the thing that jumped into my mind was had the Patriots played any in the AFC Championship the last two years, a team with even a league average quarterback, they don't go mm. to either Super Bowl. Mm. Because the Texans and the Jaguars both were the same team. Right? Yeah, pretty much. Elite 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 defense. They both had the, the Patriots down, but they just didn't have the, the guy that could like close it. You know, and you saw you saw that uh, Jaguars offense just completely turtle in the fourth quarter, they didn't know what to do. They didn't know what to do at the end of the first half. They all that time on the clock and the coach yeah. was like, no, nope, no, nope, let's go. Let's wave yeah. it in. Everybody off the field. But in the fourth uh, quarter, every, every drive they had in the fourth quarter was four net for a yard, four net for a yard in completion <laughs> on third and eight. Yeah. It was every drive. And of course, of course the Patriots won the game. We're picking that team to go, to go to the Super Bowl. You realize it, that. One right? more year of experience. <laughs> <laughs> Everybody on that defense is a year better. Nobody on that defense is going to like age out of the league here. Everybody on that defense is coming to play. Amen they get to New that. England again. New England might not score. <laughs> All right, you know what it is. You know what time it is. Yeah, we're doing it for real. We have real football tomorrow night. It is not preseason. It is not an exhibition. It is the Atlanta Falcons. And the Philadelphia Eagles on Thursday night football. It is the opener for real football, and it is the, of course, ring coronation for the world champion Philadelphia Eagles hosting their opening night at home. Get to see the rings. Everybody gets to salute the champs. Everybody gets to show Philadelphia how much they love them in the city of brotherly love. But they don't have any slouch coming in. They have the Falcons, who were 10 and 6 last year, but also five and three on the road. So uh, no strangers to getting big wins on the road. Philadelphia, of course, 13 and three last year, seven and one at home. But we got the quarterback situation. Of course, it's not going to be Carson Wentz who got most of those wins. He's still a little nicked up, a little banged up. So it's going to be a little Nick Foles action once again, the uh, reigning Super Bowl champion Nick Foles, the, the hero, the man that can drink for free in Philadelphia forever. Uh, he will once again get the start at quarterback tomorrow night after a, a little bit of speculation going back and forth about it. Uh, but yeah. I, I think everyone pretty much knew it was going to be Nick Foles the whole way. Uh, people are not exactly all over the Eagles and Nick Foles. They still don't believe necessarily, even after the championship, because the Atlanta Falcons are only a one-and-a-half-point underdog at the Philadelphia Eagles tomorrow night, Jason, who you got? Uh, basically, it boils down to basically, uh, pretty much a pick em. Um yeah. I've been on Atlanta for this rematch all off season, um, especially now knowing that Nick Foles is going to start the game. He, he's been a mix of awful and nicked up throughout the entire preseason. I think, I think Atlanta's ready to go. Uh, I think that offense 
is going to be humming. The only thing that worries me is those uh, dump-off passes to the running backs out of the backfield because we know Atlanta's susceptible to them. So if, if Corey Clement has a huge night and the uh, the Falcons end up losing, that's why. Um, but I, I think they're going to bring the lumber in this game. Hopefully we don't end up with the penalty that decides this because they're bringing so much lumber. Hmm. But uh, I think it's a low-scoring game. But uh, I, I think the Falcons win in the end. It, it may be a little scoring game, but it, there's just so much going uh, into this sort of big pot of stew uh, going against the Eagles. When you throw in Foles, a quarterback, uh, trying to recapture that magic. Uh, when you throw in one of their better defenders, Nigel Bradham's not going to be able to make the field and, and not going to play. When you throw in the ring hangover, that usually that that's a real thing. So many teams, and not just in football, but baseball, basketball, teams that get their their hardware and st- then they have to go out and play a game that night. Their their minds aren't necessarily uh, into playing that game. They're so hyped up from the rings and all that. There's playoff revenge on the mind for the Falcons that lost to the Eagles. Uh, maybe still fresh in their minds. There, there's just so much going against Philadelphia and there's so much going for Atlanta. You say you've been on Atlanta for quite a while about this pick, especially finding out that Nick Foles uh, is the quarterback. I guess I'm a little more on Atlanta uh, than you are. Getting this out of the way right fucking now. This is my lock of week one, the Atlanta Falcons to storm into Philadelphia on ring night and piss all over their rings I got the Falcons squishing the Eagles. Now, you, you do know that Nathan Peterman is starting this week, right? <laughs> yeah, I do, but I just I, – I, I got to go with my feeling. I feel like there's okay. no I – can, I cannot see the, the, the Eagles winning this game tomorrow night. It, it does feel like things are sort of all – you know, and that's usually where I go, aha, well, wait a minute. You know, I go right, the other right. Way. You know, because uh, it should go the other way because I just locked it in. You locked it in and everything, everything tells us that the Falcons should win this game. Nick Foles, you know what that sounds like, don't you? Oh, no. (laughs) Yeah. It's a trap. That's right. Yeah. Hey, we just we just, we just talked our, we just talked ourselves into a trap game. It's an Elvis game. You're you're lining it up for us, but yeah, yeah. You're, it certainly feels like everything is in the Falcons' favor to me. So yeah, you're this is exactly how it works too. You see all those factors in one going one way, and then. Next thing you know, uh, the Eagles have put up 21 in the first quarter tomorrow night, and you're like, oh, come on. <laughs> well, at least what I the can, hell? At least I can go to bed early. <laughs> well, that's one way of looking at it. Uh, so, yeah, it very well might be a trap for both of us, but no, it I, really I, hurt me more than you because I got it locked in. You've got it locked in, yeah. If, you blow, if, if the Falcons blow it tomorrow um, uh, or the Eagles happen to win by one, which keeps you whole, um, 
then yeah, then I get the basically the whole pick of the rest of the schedule to come up with a with the lock of the week here and and try to get an early lead in the locks. So all right, I, I like you it. Gotta- you almost got a verbal commitment to go against whoever Nathan, Nathan Peterman is uh, playing. They're playing the Ravens on Sunday. Ooh. Well, I should love the Ravens because I'm picking them to win the division. Yeah. It would only oh. be better if they were playing the Jaguars because then we could oh. try to play the game if he's going to have more picks than he had last time we saw him. Was <laughs> it five, under... five and a half? Five, five in the first half, was it? Yeah, I was going to set the over under at 15, but yeah. <laughs> hey, the coaches for the Bills are talking all up about, about how much they, they love what they've seen out of Nate Peterman in the preseason. He, he's their guy. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So. You, you go right ahead with that. Go on with your bad self. Yeah. I, I just, every time I see that name, I just think about that game last year. And it's like, oh, my God. I can't. Not only can I not believe he's starting, I can't believe he's still on the team. That he's still in the league. (laughs) That he still has a job after what he did last year. Oh, like how can how can Buffalo even cheer? How can the fans of Buffalo even cheer for him, knowing how terrible he is? But uh, hey, maybe that's another trap. I don't know. We'll 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 see. Yeah. Well, we haven't we haven't had to make those picks yet, so that'll be that'll be Saturday night. That's right. So now we get to dive back into the AFC um, and sort of just go whichever ways we want because it's the after show. I'm sure there's – we, we we hit on enough things I'm sure you want to circle back to here. So I'll let you uh, I'll let you take a course of action here. Uh, in the East, which is going to uh, take the least amount of time to talk about. Yeah, well, yeah. Um, we say that. Well, yeah, that's true. We, we can definitely fill some time. Um you have uh, the the, uh, the Dolphins to finish second, and I have them to finish third. Uh, they're bordering to me. They're bordering on a on a, almost like a joke franchise, and they are starting to feel a little, isn't it? And it really <laughs> sucks, you know, because uh, Adam Gase was as bright as as anyone when he was in Chicago, but it just hasn't worked in Miami at all. No, no, and they and they and they loaded up. I mean, you look up and down especially on the defensive side of the ball, you're like, wait a minute, you know, they've got plenty of talent on that side of the ball. They brought in Robert Quinn basically to, to take the spot, uh, you know, where, where, where Sue used to be, but now you've got Cameron Wake and Robert Quinn going after the quarterback. Um, they, they've got good players at the second level. They've got, decent players, not great players, you know, their secondary is not God awful. Um, I do like that. They landed the playmaking safety in the draft and Minka Fitzpatrick. Yeah. So it's, it's a, it's basically a league average defense. So it's all, I think going to come down to the fact of can the offense score enough points? Can Ryan Tannehill stay healthy? Um, what are they going to get out of the running back position? Because I I don't know what they're going to get. I mean, Frank Gore is there. Oh, how old is he? Frank, how is he not retired? Is what I want to know. Frank Man, Gore that's... is going to be one of those sort of co- career yardage compilers, you know, where he piles up a ton of yards. Is Frank Gore a Hall of Famer? No, 
I don't think so. You know what? On that topic, I don't know if we ever really talked about it. To me, Curtis Martin, I never really, when I was watching him play, thought that I was watching a Hall of Fame running back. But he no, stayed around so long yeah. that he compiled 13,000 rushing yards or whatever and, right. and turned into a Hall of Fame. But, yeah, I, Frank Gore might make the Hall of Fame someday just from sticking around and compiling all those yards. Yeah. So the very so an interesting conversation there. Um, yeah. The, again, I, I took all three of those teams. I had to just pick an order. I don't love any of those teams. I, I like the Jets the least. I guess is the best way I can say it. Yeah, obviously. <laughs> but and and I obviously like them enough to have them finishing second. But it's not like I'm in love with them. I, as I already said, they, I can see them seven and nine, eight and eight, something like that. Uh, now Buffalo, who we were laughing at already, but you don't even have them last. You actually have them third. I do. Uh, they, you know, Lashawn McCoy is still there. He he can still be productive when he's healthy. They actually have they have Kelvin Benjamin. They have a halfway decent tight end. Their their defense isn't terrible. It's again one of those slightly at or slightly below kind of league average. Um, I, I don't necessarily hate them in the secondary. Uh, Tredavious White is good. They they brought in Vontae Davis. Micah Hyde actually had a all-pro season last year. I'm looking at it right now here. Um, bet the Packers wish they had him back. There are a lot of guys that bet the Packers wish they had back. Casey Hayward, Micah Hyde. You know, <laughs> all these guys who left town are like making all-pro. And then they end up with like the twenty six ranked defenses of all football. That that, that kind of stinks when that happens. Yeah, it but does. the quarterback position, I think, for us is going to be the, you know, kind of the the linchpin for them. I mean, Peterman clearly is a placeholder until they feel Josh Allen is ready. I if Nathan Peterman starts every game for the Bills, well, that takes five years. If, if Peterman starts every game for the Bills, I, I completely take this back. I mean, I, I would expect Josh <laughs> Allen to come in there, and he's 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 got the big arm, and he'll, he'll get some play time. But it's the Jets that I actually fear for the most because outside of uh, of Darnold, who's he throwing to? Quick, uh, the great Robbie Anderson. Mm-hmm. <laughs> No, I see your point. There, there's no. Yeah, he, he he's got. Yeah, T- Terrell Pryor. Terrell Terrell Pryor might be the best quarterback on that team. Oh, boy, for their sake, I hope not. Uh, no, I, <laughs> yeah, McCown is back there. Like you said, Josh McCown put up a lot of empty stats last year. Um, I'm not all that in love with their running back uh, situation either. Isaiah Crowell and Bilal Powell. Do, do those? Do they do anything for you? A lot of L's. Uh, yeah. Yeah, that's about it. That's about all I got to say about that. A lot of L's. Yeah, if you were playing Wheel of Fortune. <laughs> Can I buy an L? Yeah. I, I'd... <laughs> so, you know, that, what I, that was really the thing for me when I looked at the Jets was, uh, you know, I look at the fact that they, they cleared out the space for Darnold to be the guy, and then I look at the the the, the weapons that he has, and no, I think that I think he's gonna kind of get that, you know, he's gonna get that Andrew Luck rookie season, Troy Aikman rookie season. He's gonna have that, 
you know, he's going to take the lumps. It's going to be a bad season for the Jets, but it's very probable that he will come out the better for it. And I just think they they might be just scrappy enough to win some games that they shouldn't. And I don't see the Bills. The Bills did that last year. They won a lot of games they shouldn't, and they were just scrappy enough. Uh, yeah. I think that was that was their year to do that. I don't. I think maybe this is the Jets' year to do that. Buffalo is bringing in Brian Dayball from Alabama to be uh, to be their OC to try to fix this passing game. But this passing game's worse than college, man. This is just. You talk about Kelvin Benjamin is there. Okay, who's getting him the ball? I don't trust Peterman, and I don't trust the project. So, uh, Peterman or uh, yeah, Peterman's there, and and Josh Allen. I don't know either one of them can get any uh, any targets the ball in Buffalo. I don't know how they they throw yeah. the ball uh, because of how terrible Peterman was and how much of a project. I'm just gonna call him Project from until he project. Proves- until he proves anything different, Josh Allen's name is just Project to me. That, that's all he is. Yeah, I mean, hey, the one thing you do know about Peterman is when he throws the ball, somebody's catching it. Yeah, somebody. It might be somebody in the crowd. Or somebody on the other team. And some, or it might be someone on the other team. Yeah. yeah. The, the, the guys holding the sticks on the sideline, look alert. <laughs> yeah. But this was this was by far and away the least dramatic division for us. Everything after this, we were all over. Yeah, that North is uh, always a lot of drama, and, and our picks are definitely a lot of drama. We don't have any position the same there. Your our, our ones, our twos, our threes, and our fours are all completely different uh, in the North. Yeah, well, I want to talk about why you think the Ravens are winning that division. I, I know you went into that a little bit because that's the one that sort of – of course it confounds me because I'm off on the Baltimore Ravens. I'm off on them until they just finished last, damn it. <laughs> I, mean, I know, yeah. I know you like. I'm not a big fan of the bringing in entirely new wide receiver core. That to me reeks of bringing in entirely new defense. <laughs> right. I'm a fan of it when the receivers that were there before blew. So that's when I'm in favor. Of oh it. yeah. Quick, name the top two receivers on the Ravens last year. Uh, d- uh Jimmy Smith. Was it Steve no. Smith Senior? Yeah, Steve Smith, not Jimmy. Steve Smith Senior Citizen uh, was on <laughs> right. that team. Uh-huh. Uh huh. And Mike Wallace, who retired Brandon four Stokely. years ago. <laughs> so th- that's when I'm in favor of all new wide receiver, and it's not just any all new wide receivers. As I was saying, it's two guys who are actually professionals. It's two guys. I-, I can't state enough how much I respect Michael Crabtree because. Uh, he had the whole mediocre thing from Richard Sherman when he first mediocre. came to the league. Mediocre. And just put his head down and worked and, and didn't, you know, talk any shit and just got better and better and better every year with Oakland. And I, honestly, I don't know why the Raiders let him go. Uh, at times, he was the more most consistent receiver on their team, and that's including Amari Cooper, who you know I'm a huge fan of. Uh, but Crabtree just worked himself into a, a very good receiver. John Brown – uh, I still see that potential. He's he's one of those explosive guys that it's sort of an all or nothing thing with him. Uh, all those guys that they had in Pittsburgh throughout the years. So it sort of reminds me of that. A lot of guys that just uh, Martavis Bryant, either he's going to go for an 80 yard touchdown or he's not going to do anything. Um, but I think Flacco needs as much help 
as as he can get because he's so uh, not able to make plays if everything isn't just like in perfect conditions for him. So uh, it's certainly a risk to to say that he's going to overcome that and be good again. But I, I just I have a feeling you got the the professional receivers coming in. You got the drafting of a quarterback in the first round which is always a sign that there's some level of dissatisfaction with you. I don't know what kind of spin you put on it. That's not a sign of confidence in you that they take someone at your position in the first round. It's just not. So you got that heat on him. Uh, it, it may sort of dissipate because of the fact that they made Lamar Jackson third string, but the fact is still there that Flacco had to spend all off season working out, training, and and hearing, hey, there's a kid that they drafted in the first round at your position. Are you about to get demoted? Are you about to get benched? Uh, and, and he had to, to process all of that. So I guess I'm putting a little faith in Flacco being motivated enough to come back and be so much better than he has been the last couple of years because the last couple of years he's been trash, but also the last couple of years he hasn't really had anyone to throw to. There's, they had one play. The last two years, the Ravens had one passing play. Go deep to Mike Wallace. And if they got yeah. broke up, they had nothing else. So this year it'll be go deep to John Brown. Well, that's one play. Then they can go, if that doesn't work, they can actually go to Crabtree in uh, intermediate spaces because he's good in between uh, you know, those 15-yard catches. He's actually made himself into a good possession receiver. Okay. So so that's, that's your case. You stated your case. I, I still am curious, though, about what makes you think that they will be better than the Steelers. So the you Steelers, are really you're, you're really looking for the Steelers to drop a bit because they were, you know, from 13 and 3, I mean unless you've got the Ravens going to 12 or 11, you've got the you've got the Steelers falling back a, a, a few games here. There's nothing on the tape that indicates that the Steelers have been the same team since the Shazier injury. They're just not the same team. They never Defensively, that. No. No, defensively not even close. They never overcame that sickening injury. Uh, And even even on paper, even with the numbers, uh, he got hurt week 13. That game at Cincinnati was week 13. Yep. The Steelers were giving up four yards per carry as a team coming into that game. At the end of the season, at the end of the regular season, that's only five games later, they were giving up 4.4 yards per carry as a team. And that doesn't count the 164 yards that Jacksonville put on them in the playoff game. That's not the same defense, and I don't think they're going to be the same defense because that's how good Shazier was uh, patrolling the middle of that defense. You just cannot replace something like that. Uh, So that's part of it is not just Baltimore bouncing up, but Pittsburgh still falling back and still regressing uh, because of the huge, huge loss of, of such a franchise defensive player like Shazier. Uh, they they'll keep getting after quarterbacks. Uh, they'll still you know they can still yeah, rush yeah. passers, uh, but they have to find a way to stop the run. And until they do that, uh, I don't have confidence in the defense. And then on the other side of the ball, uh, as I said, the whole Le'Veon Bell drama. Uh, he's either going to hold out and miss regular season games and give up regular season checks, or he's going to come in this weekend and like yeah, I'm ready to go. Here we go. All right, we're ready. All right, I'm back. Let's do this. Um, and, and go play in an NFL game after having no training cap and no practice at all. Really? I don't see either scenario being uh, something that the Steelers want to have happen or, or it's going to be a positive uh, outcome. I, I think it's going to be a bad – I think something – I have a bad feeling about the whole situation. Something bad 
is going to happen with Le'Veon Bell. Yeah, either. I think we we predict this last night that he was going to come back and like blow out something right away. Either he gets hurt right, or if, if he just keeps holding out and the team decides to like deal him and he's he's off the Steelers completely, and then at that point you're you're talking about a, a big time high octane offense where your lead running back is James Conner. Uh, so that's a part of it too. Is I got the Steelers taking a, a, a step back as a team this year, for yeah, for various reasons. And and they may. I just don't see. I don't think even if they drop two or three games, I don't think. I just don't see a team in that division that's going to jump to sort of that level. I, I think it's a very unexciting division. I mean, I actually had the Bills in second place, but if there is a team that can just throw to win, uh, it's the Steelers. I mean. If they want to turn that off, if they want to have Roethlisberger doing his best Tom Brady impersonation back there with with sort of junk in the backfield, it helps when you've got Antonio Brown, Juju uh, Smith-Schuster, uh, Darius Hayward Bay. They drafted this James Washington kid. Uh, that was a high draft pick for them. Jesse James has turned into a serviceable NFL tight end. They've and they've got a good offensive line, so. They can they can overcome at least I think it from a regular season standpoint. I, I don't see them falling off the face of the earth. Uh, you cannot replace Ryan Shazier, although they they had to. Um, they did bring in they, at least they brought in a pro. Uh, John Bostic is a pro, so he's not the greatest player, but that's a more stabilizing uh, force at the, at the linebacker position than what they had last year when was it uh lj fort that they had to replace i be- wasn't right. that the guy who was that was the guy who was starting in place of shazier i believe um yeah where is he right now uh he's deep 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 on the depth chart now i'm shocked he's still on the team i, I thought he'd be selling yeah, cars no, right I, now. Look, he is deep on the depth chart um you, he may be playing special teams this year yeah. Um, but no, I mean, I don't have a problem. When I actually looked at the, when I looked at the, you know, who are they replacing Shazier with? And I saw they brought in Bostic. You could do worse. Yeah, you and I, and I don't want to shit on Bostic, who I actually liked when he was uh, when he got drafted by right. the Bears. Right. It goes on saying he's not Ryan Shazier. Yeah, he's not. That's why I don't want to shit on him because yeah. anyone they brought in is not Ryan Shazier. So he's it, also it, not L.J. Ford. Uh he that, that that might be true too. And I don't hate them bringing in Morgan Burnett, another pro, um, to to be back there in the in the safety spot. Although he is one of those prime candidates for a 15 yard penalty every time he's around the ball. Mm. Yeah, he's he's a uh, he's a little uh, he's a hitter. Yeah, he's, he's a little harsh. You know, the, we don't the like the hard hitting, the hard hitting strong safety um, is not. They, they, that position is going to become very scarce. There's a few of those guys. There's a few of those guys in the league right now that I'm sure are going to be racking up a few of the penalties. But he is a pro, so the Steelers are at least trying to shore up the defense. There is at least some stability there. They didn't bring in seven new starters. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that is true. <laughs> uh, any thoughts at all about the Bengals or the Browns? Uh, hey, look, another Vontaze Burbick. Does Marvin Lewis still have a job? The fact that... He's the vampire. He's, the fact, you can't kill him. 
<laughs> and not kill the man. Um, yeah, not really. I mean, I know a lot of people. A lot of the stuff I'm seeing, everybody's really high on Joe Mixon. Um, intergender boxing champion of the world. Yeah. <laughs> well, you know, he's Ray Rice, but he's young and he's got talent, so he oh. gets to play. So he they, stays in the league, guys. Right, he gets to stay. Ray Rice was done, so mm. he, you know that was exit stage left. So uh, a lot of people are very high on Joe Mixon. Now, yeah, and I, I remember uh, way back when I did say he likes mixing it up with his girlfriends, but you know, oh. yeah, it's oldie but goodie. Um, hey, hey, they still they, they they're all they're they're the Bengals. The Bengals are gonna Bengal, right? They're gonna. The win some they should lose and lose some they should win and they're gonna do some head scratching things they're gonna get into fights yeah. they're they're gonna play dirty every time they play the Steelers it's much must see TV oh because it's blood sport yeah but they're probably a 500 team or right around a 500 team in case what they were last year seven and nine. I saw some people uh, predicting them for a for a playoff spot, some sort of an upset pick. You know, the I actually make the playoffs. I, I contemplated it, but then I realized I'm like, no, we gotta we gotta get Marvin Lewis out of here. We've been saying it feels like we've been saying that for a yeah. decade. And the last thing we need to see in the playoffs is the Bengals again. We saw nah. that the last time they were in the playoffs when they when I'm watching football with a pit in my stomach. <laughs> That, that that game was sickening, yeah, against the Steelers. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's um, amazingly they could compete for a playoff spot. I can see a path to it if uh, yes. Mixon, of course, develops as the lead back. If John Ross uh, develops into into a major weapon opposite AJ Green, that's really what they've been missing is somebody to take the pressure off of AJ Green, so that Andy Dalton isn't just keying on AJ Green all the time late in the game. Because that's a that's a good way to lose a game is to keep keying on one receiver all the time like that. Yeah, so we'll we'll see. You know, the, the team we haven't talked about is the uh, Cleveland Browns. I think. Well, look, all you need to know about them, all you need to know about <laughs> the about the decision to keep Hugh Jackson as coach after zero yeah, sixteen. I don't get it. And, and we've talked about uh, this decision is uh, the decision of every other coach sitting their starters during exhibition games. And Hugh Jackson sees Tyrod Taylor. Is it Tyrod or Tyrod? Tyrod. Tyrod. They apparently. I am going. I am going to say Tyrod Taylor because that's what we've been saying forever. Right. But apparently, it came out in the off season. His, his mama apparently named him Tyrod, and yeah. he just never corrected him. That, yeah, that's what I want in my franchise quarterback. Is somebody so meek that he can't even correct the, when the entire world gets his name wrong, he can't even correct it yet. That's what I want out of a leader. Uh-huh. Yeah. Uh, anyway. Uh, yeah. When Hugh Jackson sees uh, Tyrod or Tyrod Taylor, it uh, looks like he tried to crunch his hand on the sideline and sends him right back out there to play some more. The, every other coach is sitting their starters and he's sending him back out. That's all you need to know about the Browns. That was the, the Browns already showed you who they are in a nutshell. And, and what in the, the, the regular season hadn't even started yet. So. Uh, there's nothing really else to, to to see with that. I don't know. I don't know how many win- games they're going to win. They're pro- they're not going to be winless again. But I don't think they're going to have that many more than than zero. Uh, I I wouldn't be surprised if they went two and fourteen, three and thirteen. Wow. Okay. No, I I actually do 
I do think they are actually starting to to build a actual NFL roster. I mean, right? Didn't the owner say he actually wanted to have some NFL players on his team? Well, he's got them this year. Well, he's got Baker Mayfield. He's got some NFL players. Uh, you know, Carlos Hyde is not a terrible running back. Nick Chubb could be pretty good. Duke Johnson's not the worst. Josh Gordon, when he's not high, is actually an yeah. NFL quality player. I mean, he came back same. last year and played great. Can't stay on the field, though. He yeah. keeps keep seeing those yeah. white lines out there, and he thinks it's something else. <laughs> no, he's a weed guy. Oh, I, I thought I he was a weed the, guy. Yeah, no, I thought he was a weed guy. Not into the hardcore stuff yet? No. That must be a lot of weed. Do you know how many guys in the NFL are weed guys and this guy keeps getting suspended? <laughs> he must be doing it, like, yeah. all the time. They brought in Jarvis Landry. He's a pro. There are pros on this roster. They're going to win a few games. Yeah, a few. Yeah. Three is, three is a few. I think they could win six. Can't see that at all. Not, they were in. They all. were in a lot of games last year. Let me let me let me see here. They had. Uh, let's see. They lost one by three, 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 three. A game they should have won. They lost by six. That was an overtime, and four. So they lost five games by by six points or less last year. Right there. Um, all winnable games. In the game against Green Bay, they they had one, that, but they they just browned that up. <laughs> <laughs> if you know what I mean, they, the they brown had the brown fever. fever all over that game. A game I, I, they were up by ten with like four minutes left to go. Yeah, yeah. No, I do remember that they kept a lot of games closed last year. I they might for for our betting purposes, for the purposes of picking a spread. They might keep all their games closed this year. They just they can't win. Yeah. They don't know how to close. They don't know how to finish. So, but I think they've got better players now. So that should translate into some wins. Or if it's just bad coaching, maybe you Jack. You Jackson doesn't know how to win either. Exactly. So it remains to be seen. Um, not a, I don't have their schedule up, but you know we'll we'll make that we'll make that pick on uh, on Saturday night and we'll see who I don't know. Oh, I th- did they draw Pittsburgh again in Week One? <laughs> oh, let me see. Uh, I got Week One here next to me. They um, did. They, they did. Yeah. Hey. Yeah. What do we know about the Pittsburgh Steelers? Right. They play down to their competition. That's right. So you see, you're saying there's a chance. Hey, the spread's going to be, I, I bet you the spread's going to be about seven. Yeah, I would I was, if I had to guess, I'd say eight and a half. Ooh. I, I know that's maybe, big. Maybe. I know that's it, big it, it for big. week one. Yeah. Um, so, so, of course, now I have to look. <laughs> I was going to say, I'll consider, I'll consider taking the Browns and the points if it's seven. If it's eight and a half, uh, yeah, that's... <laughs> Yeah, I mean that would be that would be a that would be a big number. Um, My official guess is seven. Where is this game? It's four. What? Four? Oh, because uh, Levy and Bell might not be there. You might be ah, running okay. James Conner out there at running back. So, Ben Roethlisberger is just going to throw for the whole game, and it's only four. Okay, it's four. 
And also maybe people know that Pittsburgh plays down to the competition. And also they know that Pittsburgh doesn't have a defense ever since Ryan Shazier got killed. Well, just looking at the schedule this week, there's some fun games this week. Yeah, Niners, Vikings. Niners, Vikings, uh, Texans. Texans. uh, Yeah, Texans Texans going up to New England. Bears, Packers. Yeah, uh, yeah, those are all contenders for for highlights. Highlight games, cheese. <laughs> yeah, we're, yeah, we're gonna have some some highlight games to pick from. I was looking at that too. Even Out Cowboys Panthers might be interesting. And wait a minute, we get Oakland in that second Monday night game. Stuff happens. You know they're beating the Rams. They're beating the Rams. <laughs> oh, he's calling it now. Oh no. <laughs> <laughs> He's calling it already. Because weird shit always happens in that game. The the, the stuff happens bowl is the second Monday night yeah. game of week one. Oh, I'm not wrong. <laughs> no, you're not. No, no, you're not. You might be wrong about the pick. I, I, I can't remember the Vikings it, going out west in that second game against some dog shit team. Was it? It was either the Niners or the Rams when they were just. Yeah, I think it was the Niners. And they, they were shut brutally, out. Yeah, the Niners were just atrocious. That was after Harbaugh and everybody on, like half the guys on the team either retired or or just left town and Harbaugh quit. And everybody's like, oh, the Niners are going to be the worst. Yeah, the Vikings, who were good, they went up there and just, yeah. That was Jim Tom Sula's first game of all people. <laughs> A guy that everyone knew was getting fired after his first year, yeah. yet he won his first game because it was Jim the, the second Sula. game on That's, Monday night. I still will never forget seeing the, the thing on, I was watching the Dan Levitard show where they were trying to say what, like the Jim Tom Sula's name, and somebody sent in the Jim Tom Sula sounds like the name of a Creole swamp monster. Hey, y'all better watch yeah. out. Jim Tom Sula. I saw that go by and I, I, I just remember it to this day because that was funny. That's good. That, that was good. Don't you go out at night or the Jim Tom Sula's going to get you. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, the the uh, moving on off of the uh, the Browns and the Brown yeah. Fever and all of that crap to the uh, to the AFC South. So you with with Tennessee. This is uh, this is of course my home state now. My my home state team. Well, you the hate Titans. the Titans. You hate them. I I I picked the Titans to go to the playoffs along with you last year, so I can't hate them too much. That's true, and they did. And they did. And I try to be fair. You. Then they screwed you in the playoffs. Oh, they didn't screw me. The Chiefs well, the fucked Chiefs me because you. that's what yeah. the Chiefs do. Right. That's their move. The Titans, were just, the Titans were just the beneficiaries this time. That's right. That's what the Chiefs do. They go up and play off games when I pick them, and they make it look real good, and then they just completely shit yeah. the bet. No, I try to judge all these teams as fairly as I possibly can, and I'm just saying what I look when I look at Tennessee, I think they thought that uh, – Marcus Mariota would take big steps last year uh, in in his third year in the in the league, and he took steps, but it, they weren't big steps. And now this year, I'm looking at him and and I'm wondering. I think he should have taken those big steps last year, and he didn't. And so when people say he's going to take those big steps this year, I don't necessarily know why. I don't know why you would think that. 
And I understand you got a full year of Corey Davis, who looks like he's going to be a playmaker. But yeah. that's 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 one guy, uh, and the the rest of the guys are just, I, you know, they're just guys to me. The, the rest of his receivers, I don't the see lady, it. I'm, with the lady Walker, though, I mean, yeah, the the great tight end, yeah, yeah, he's um, like one of the best in the league. He, yes, he, he is. Derrick Henry is a beast. A full year of Derrick Henry should be very fun to watch. I'm not picking them to be last. I'm picking them yeah. to be third in the division and and, comp- okay. and competitive. Right, like very easily they you. So you're saying that they're, they're sort of one of those last teams out. Right, I can see them nine and seven and, and just missing. But just you have okay. them. You have them overcoming no, Saxonville and the Texans and all of that, and, and actually winning the division. I do. Couple the two the the two sneaky acquisitions, uh, Kenny Vaccaro and Malcolm Butler. I mean. They're oh, Malcolm's big, got a chip, you know. <laughs> they're and Kenny Vaccaro is a he's a pro. He's a very good player. Um, they shored up their weakness, which was their their passing defense. Their other two guys back there, uh, Bayard and Logan Ryan, very good uh, mm-hmm. last year. So they they clearly saw that like the, they needed to move out the other two guys that were. They were not getting things done for them back there, and uh, and they made I think a couple of good acquisitions. Those are smart acquisitions. They can get after the quarterback. They're not terrible um, at at the linebacking core. I think they're all right there, you know. So I, I I do look at them as a team that I think can take that step. I know it's good. I know it's hard because of Jacksonville. Like I said, all three of these teams could could go together for me but Jacksonville to me though with that defense they're just I think they're just going to lose a few games that they they probably shouldn't or they're just not up for you know I think Jacksonville is going to be in that sort of like sleepwalk to the playoffs kind of mode and then that's when the defense is going to kick in we've seen Hmm. this before very very Seahawks like where you know we may look up, we may look up, and the Jaguars are four and four or three and five, and then and then they just go on a tear. What's and wrong they, with the Jacksonville yeah, Jaguars? And they go on and they go on like a they go on a seven or a seven or an eight week run where they maybe give up like eighty points in eight weeks. Yeah, they're capable so, of that. Yeah, I mean, uh, they are they in this league. That that everything is geared towards the offense, you know. So I, you know, I don't think they're breaking records, but they, they are going to hold some people down. But I, I do like the Titans. I think the Titan, Titans are kind of sneaky. They they could be sneaky. Um, there's a big unknown with the new head coach Mike Vrabel. That nobody yeah. knows how that's going to work. But I I'll even say that I like the move of the the DC that they that he brought in to accompany him is Dean Pease, the former uh, Baltimore Ravens guy. So it, you, you made a very nice pick to, to help you out your first year uh, with that defense. So that's, uh, that's a good sign, but I, you know, I'm still, I, it's more about not being sold on Mariota being the guy. I, I almost put Mariota in, in the Dak Prescott camp of guys that Ooh. their team loves them and thinks they're the franchise QB, but I don't think they're quite that good. Okay. Yeah, he's he's shown the flashes, but he has gone mm-hmm. through extremely long stretches where he just doesn't look very good at all. I mean, when they I mean, they were winning some games where he'd throw for 80 yards. Yeah. 
Was that Rams game last year? I think it was multiple. I mean, it, it seemed like Marcus Mariota over 200 yards was never happening. <laughs> well, you got me curious, so let me whip out all my like, sheets from last yeah. year and like they would that they would outrush their passing attack, especially with Demarco Murray and Derrick Henry back there. I do like though that this is all Derrick Henry's team now. Yeah. Because I think when they had that comeback and when they had that playoff game against the Chiefs, and you could see that they were just like, you know what? We're just going to this guy. This guy is going to get us back in the game. And and, and Derrick Henry was just a, a monster. I mean, in general, he is he is fast and bruising. I mean, he can rip off a 75-yard touchdown run, but he can also run off, you know, a 25-yard run where he – Ducks through eight guys. Yeah, I'm, I'm a fan. I'm a big fan of Derrick Henry. So yeah. He's um, a, he is a mean, mean man. Very interested to see a full year of him. Yeah, the first few games uh, for Tennessee. I'm looking at uh, last year, 256 against Oakland. This is passing yardage. If you could uh, only then, go for 256 against Oakland, <laughs> right? That's only 400 for everybody else. 215 at Jacksonville. Of course, that's Jacksonville. Um, but it didn't get much better. 225 against Seattle. He had some some pretty tough defenses to start the year, but it didn't get all that much better as it, as it went on, as you were saying. Um, Houston, then he had to go to Houston. That, that was a buck 17 that he threw for at Houston. 57 to 14, Houston beat Tennessee in, in week four. And I remember uh, I was still working on Sundays back then. So I listened to that on the radio at work. And it just, it, however bad you imagine it, it was worse than that. It was just. The score the Titans, wasn't as close as the, you know, as the game. No, no, it wasn't. The Titans announcers all sounded like they wanted to put guns in their mouths. It was just awful. <laughs> so yeah, that, he, he just has those those games. He's uh, he, He's not. They they thought he was going to be the franchise quarterback. Tampa thought Jameis Winston was going to be the franchise yeah. quarterback. Those and two I guys think, are linked. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I said that they would be pretty much bust when they got drafted, and I already officially apologized because they were both so much better in their rookie years than I thought they would be. So I can't take all that much credit if they do wind up being bust, but. I do just want to officially point out I, I didn't like either one of those picks when they were made. No, and then this is sort of now what we're seeing with the rush to draft a quarterback top of the draft, no matter what. Baker and, and the, Mayfield. And, and the smart teams are the ones that are just maneuvering their way through that and letting those really top-flight players drop right into your laps. I mean, when the Broncos are sitting there at five and they get Bradley Chubb, who's probably the best player in that draft, it's, you know, thank you. Thank you. Yeah. So that's the uh, Jaguars and Titans. That's our feelings about them. We kind of talked about Indianapolis. You don't know what's going to happen with Andrew Luck uh, making his, his return. I mean, if he come, so, that could be the story of the year if they come back and they're respectable again. But there's nothing around him. Nothing. And you know how we both feel about uh, the Houston Texans and about Deshaun Watson and that electric yeah. – four or five game stretch that he had last year, but 
again, who, who knows how, you know, it's almost like uh, with, uh, with, with Messiah in San Francisco, that was an incredible four or five game stretch, but how much of that is sustainable? How much of that was real? So it, both of them are almost in the same camp to me. It was more of what I saw from Watson though. I mean, Garoppolo, you can see that he's just, he, he's a pro. He, he is a pro NFL quarterback. He, he, he will make plays with, with lesser talented guys around him a few years down the road, he'll be one of the best quarterbacks in the league. I do believe because he, he, you know, he understands the position and he, he's just kind of got it when it comes to that position of just, of taking those guys. When he, when he made George Kittle and Marquise <laughs> Goodwin and some of these guys. Okay. Yeah. You get him some real talent. That team will be scary, but they don't have it yet. Deshaun Watson showed me he, he I, I really do think he's sort of like Russell Wilson 2.0 where mm. he is. He's the quarterback who can run. He's got the wheels, but he's not looking to run. He, he's escaping pressure to make big plays downfield. And, and, and Russell Wilson, nobody did it better than Russell Wilson, right? I mean, as soon as Russell Wilson would break contain, you knew he could run for 20, but he'd rather chuck that thing deep over the top and get the 60-yard touchdown pass. Um, and if it wasn't there, then he'd run for 20. Unlike what we had with RG3 and Kaepernick, who as soon as the play broke down, they were running, and that was it. There, there, there was no look to throw. Um, Watson, Watson's got that. Watson's got that thing where he's always looking to make the big play. And I like that. So I, I definitely liked what I saw from him. If he can stay healthy, they'll they'll be doing that all year long because I'm you know you can des- you, the designed rollouts or just the the play breaks down and the pressure and he can extend the play long enough. Those receivers can get open. Yeah, I, I really do like Houston for what they I can do so. there. And the defense stays healthy. Again, this is a te- this is one of the most health, you know contingent teams in the league. Yeah. They all sick. are. They all are, but this one, yeah, this could go south for them really quick. So think how awesome that Texans defense is on paper, and yet it's, like, clearly the second best defense in the division. Like, clearly. But Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, they get the Jack- Patriots here in week one. That'll be fun. Oh, yeah. I, I think I already know which way I'm leaning in that one. Um, but yeah, I'm, I'm rooting for Deshaun Watson too. It, it's funny that that short stretch that he had is only the second most hyped, the second only the second most salivated over a quarterback stretch yeah. uh, behind Messiah last year. So I I understand what you're saying that you I, I give him rookie of the year for five games. I it was worth it was it was the best five games I saw from a rookie. And there were some yeah. great rookies last year. But what you saw out of him was was that special? It was. We, yeah, like it I said, I was. I like I said when he got hurt, the NFL just got a lot less fun when he got hurt because of of, of what the the excitement and the energy that that offense had with you know the Titans were bringing. I mean the Texans were bringing. It was like he he had pulled up that franchise from like, Oh my God, we can't get a quarterback. We lost the end. We lost the title game because we didn't have a quarterback. We had Brock Osweiler. And nah. We had, Oh, 
God, what's his name? Diving headfirst into the line to get concussed. Oh God. <laughs> oh. I, I'm I'm looking at the guy Tom in my Savage. head. Yeah, yeah, yeah that guy. Yeah, the guy who wanted so little to do with playing NFL quarterback, he decided he was gonna run headfirst into the other team <laughs> until he got a concussion. Uh, there's one way to get yourself out of the game. Um, another reason I like Houston uh, to make the playoffs, there, there's, there's another uh, defensive back that's uh, joining that's got a maybe a little chip on the shoulder, a little something to prove, not just Malcolm Butler down in Tennessee, but the Honey Badger is yeah. going to Houston Texans. And you know, Tyron Matthew, you know he can make plays on the ball when, he, when he's, again, healthy, uh, health contingent, uh, you just add him to the pile along with Watt and Merciless and everybody else. But uh, if, if Honey Badger is uh, back to what he used to be, then that's a, a great guy to add in uh, in, the, in, the, in that secondary and make some plays in the defensive backfield. So. Yeah, so so good things. I think the South is probably the most fun division in football this year. Not necessarily the best, but it's the most fun. Let me make fun of the Raiders just a little bit because I don't oh, know how much we're going to talk about them uh, as the uh, as the season goes on. But uh, oldest team in the league, like by a mile. So the old man gets out of the booth and thinks that everybody that he saw that was good back when he first got in the booth, uh, that that's all. That's the guys that you need to have on the team to succeed right now. Uh, no, that's not that's not how it works. And it's just so funny that everyone is so happy. They, the, the, you know, Mark Davis gives however many millions and millions and millions of dollars to John Gruden to come back. Oh, we got John Gruden. Welcome back to football. We got John Gruden back. He did what? He traded Khalil Mack because he didn't want to give him money, even though he's getting all that money. What? Fuck you, John Gruden. What the hell? So that honeymoon is already over in Oakland. Uh, they're going to go to Vegas anyway, so they don't really care about alienating the Oakland fans. But just it's just so hilarious how already, already that thing is, is, is feels like it's is completely off the tracks. Uh, oldest team in the league. They, uh, you can't script this one, by the way. He brings in as his defensive coordinator. Guess who he brings in? Brings in Paul Gunther, the guy who was manning the helm for all those miscreants in Cincinnati for the last three years. So just perfect. You got a team full of outlaws and a team full of guys who are just going to break the rules and everybody. And let's bring in the D.C. that overlooked the guys in Cincinnati. If anyone knows how to break some rules, it'll be this guy. So it's just a perfect marriage, a perfect combination. Uh, That secondary has been trash for years. Even before they traded Khalil Mack, it's going to be even more trash now. Let's into this list of veterans. Let's count up all the veterans who used to be good that Gruden is counting on to try to be good again on this team this year. Jordy Nelson, Brandon LaFell. I, I will say, I am going, or if I haven't been, I think I might have alluded to this or said this on a previous show. I am on record right now, if I wasn't before, Jordy Nelson will be the bust free agent acquisition <laughs> of this season. Would not be the least bit surprising. Uh, so Brandon LaFell is there. Beast Mode was there last year before Gruden, but he's obviously a shell of his former self. Muscle Hamster Doug Martin is in the house. As terrible as he's up. been. Oh, Washed up. Gag guy. Every time he got three yards, it was a celebration in Tampa Bay. Because it was, well, oh my God, he didn't lose yardage. He actually gained three yeah. yards. He's Brady Quinn done. Oh, <laughs> You spring these on me, and I got to scroll down. Now I'm done. On the list of our many, many drops that we have, 
Dominique Rogers Cromartie is on the team. Why is he still in the league? <laughs> Derek Johnson is 36 years old. Yeah, actually, when you dropped off the show, I, I was talking about how they brought in the 36-year-old Derek Johnson <laughs> to replace Khalil Mack. Because, of course, you did. Yeah, yeah, of course. It makes perfect sense. Oh, and I forgot about the, the last old person that is completely out of touch that they brought in to be on the team. John Gruden himself. That's the last piece of the puzzle. That franchise is going to be the laughing stock. They might be worse than the Browns. They're bad. I mean, they are. I mean, if we if we had a conversation about who's the worst team in football going to be, it, you know, and it's sad because they've clearly got in in spurts or for certain games, they will have an offense that will keep them in some games. I mean, just Carter Cooper will will keep them in a few games. You know, Jared Cook is a is a is a good tight end. Marshawn Lynch may find the fountain of youth for a game here or there, but yeah, that's gonna is this gonna be three or four win territory? I mean, sure feels like it. And you're already calling round, for one of them on Monday Those first-round picks, you know, those Bears' first-round picks are going to end up being, you know, real valuable because now the Raiders are going to have those and the Bears' first-round pick. The Bears' picks, though, probably going to be a lot low, uh, you know, worse picks because they gave yeah, him a great but, player. But the, I don't know why Mark Davis is trusting John Gruden to do anything with those picks. It's It's shaping up to be bad now and bad for years to come. No, the Raiders. The Raiders will be bad. Um, I don't think Rudin is making it to ten years. <laughs> I think he gets them to Vegas. <laughs> Maybe. And that's about it. Uh, we we kind of talked about Denver uh, during the live show. We both got them seconds, you know. So you know, not uh, really making any big waves, but not falling too bad off either. That defense is too good for them to fall off really bad. Uh. So we switched the Chargers in Kansas City. So you got the Chargers winning the division. I got them third. Yeah. I got the Chiefs winning the division, and you got them third. I talked about my Chiefs sort of theory and love of Pat Mahomes and Andy Reid. Maybe that's the new combination. Uh, Chargers, you're, you you thought it was going to be your big upset surprise pick. Yeah, it turned out it wasn't. No, I actually it just, you know, I've got that. Okay. You just put it all down for a second, and you go, okay, Derek, not Derek Carr, Philip Rivers, the totality of his career, you have to just sort of give it to him as saying, okay, he is the, he's easily the most experienced quarterback in the league. He might be the best quarterback, not in the league, but in this division. He's probably the best quarterback in this division. Derek Carr maybe more talented. Patrick Mahomes could be lights out down the road. But for right now, uh, especially in these division games, I'm going to kind of take the wily old veteran. You know, Phillip Rivers, I, I think, could get the job done. Melvin Gordon, boy, is he, you want to talk about somebody who could – can you be more up or down than Melvin Gordon? He's pretty hard to predict. So Melvin Gordon's career has seemed to have gone good year, bad year, which would make this a good year. Oh, so if he's going to go good year, bad year for his whole career, last year was a bad year. This year should be a good year. So I wish you have told me this before my fantasy draft. Oh, sorry. See, well, you got to, got to pay attention. Um, oh. You know, he's got, he's got good receivers. He's got 
Well, Antonio Gates, whatever you get out of him is just <laughs> gravy at this point. Yeah. And then uh, Virgil Green is sort of the heir apparent there who's going to kind of take over. And then, you know, um, they had uh, Hunter Henry there, but he's hurt. Yeah, he's dead. I think he's so done. He, he's, he's done. So that, that doesn't leave that. That leaves them kind of a void to fill there. But, you know, maybe with this resurgent team, maybe, maybe they do kind of like ride off into the sunset with uh, Philip Rivers and Antonio Gates uh, pulling this team out to a division win. I mean, we just made fun of the Raiders for their age, and now I'm talking about Philip Rivers and Antonio <laughs> Gates. But, the, but on the defense, they have a good – I mean, the, the two outside guys for them on that D-line – I don't, is, that is the, probably the best one-two punch, right? Did we have a better one? I mean, we talked about the one in Miami, but Bosa and Ingram—is it? Does it get better than that? That's really tough. Those two, yeah. Right. So they're going to get after the quarterbacks. They're going to get at you. Know, so, so Patrick Mahomes and, and Derek Carr and uh, Case Keenum are going to become very acquainted with Joey Bosa and Melvin Ingram. Yeah, I think a lot of the chic picking of the Chargers was actually based on the defense. Yeah. And then I looked at it myself, and this, it, this is why I'm not buying the defense as being uh, as great as everyone wants to say that they are that they were. I can't get over 4.9 yards per carry given up by their run defense. You got athletes like that, you should be much better than that against the run. And no real steps taken in the offseason to shore that up. Plus, the one guy on the D-line that might stop that, Corey Legit, got popped her pads. He's not going to be there the first four games. And the secondary will be uh, missing the oft-injured uh, Jason Verrett again. He doesn't seem to be able to stay on the field. Uh, they have, of course, other playmakers in their secondary. But I just – I guess they're – you know. I'm not buying it. I guess I'm not the one that's falling in love with the Chargers thinking that they're making some grand franchise and really making steps. Phillip Rivers, of course, is one of the more immature players you'll ever come across. He'll lose you a game, not for hitting somebody illegally, but for like verbally assaulting a referee. I've never seen an offensive player pick up more penalties for talking uh talking bad to the referees like you re- the, the stuff that football players say to to officials during a game you really got to say some mean shit to get flagged for unsportsmanlike conduct and Philip Rivers gets that pretty much on schedule two or three times a year cuz that's how much of a red ass he is so there's there's that part of it that he just calls him games being a an, an idiot uh but I, I guess I'm just not buying all the Chargers. Though I think a lot of it was based around the defense, and I don't think the D is quite as great as everyone's saying it is. Well, that's fine. I thought I was actually making a cool pick. So I guess right. I'm the asshole. <laughs> well, that happens sometimes. Um, so I, I think we're that's gonna... what happens when I don't pay a whole lot of attention to – you know, all the, the, like the preseason picks and all this. So I mean, I basically made this w- without really watching what people were, you know, like what, what people were saying. I did this strictly just looking at the rosters and kind of going with my own gut and what I saw, you know, and how the teams all kind of played off each other and who's taking steps forward and who's taking steps back. And I just think it's kind of a weak division. So I'm going to, you know, at this point, it's the difference between the Raiders who are just old versus going with the Chargers who have experience. Sure, I understand that. There's a difference between that. 
But are you are you still with us? It sounded like you were running away there. No, I had uh, moved my headphone up out of the oh, way. Okay. I'm so tired I had to rub my eyes. <laughs> I, I think we can uh, break it down and, and call it a night here. We've yeah. gotten four and a half hours, basically, of football talk between last night and tonight. And Yeah, and another uh, hour plus to go on Saturday for the pick show. That's right. Uh, so uh, 9 o'clock is good for the – for Saturday? Yeah, that, that that should be. That that gives me plenty of time to to, to make my picks. All right, our my, my our episode has ended again. Um, okay. And and we're still going. So this is the new Blog Talk Radio where you have the after show and now the after after show. The after after show, I like it. But yeah, this one's not going very long because I'm ready to go to bed. Yeah, it's going to end right now. I'm I'm right right along with you, and I think we both got to go to work tomorrow and all that. So I'll be up at six a.m. I'll be up at five. Uh, So for Jay, I am Dre. This has been our two preview shows to get ready for real football. The NFL previews of the NFC last night and the AFC tonight. If you enjoyed it, tell everybody you care about, about it. And if you didn't tell, if you didn't, if you didn't enjoy it, tell people you don't like and tell them to listen and and lie to them and say that this was good. But uh, we are done with our previews, and we will be back Saturday night at 10 p.m. Eastern Time, 9 p.m. Central, for the official picks for the rest of Week 1 in the NFL. Are you ready for some football? We all can't wait, and I can't even do the drops because we're supposed to be off the air. So talk to you Saturday night. Bye. With Lucky Landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. <gasps> no, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandslots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.